I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source and pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And how's this for a unique show? When Ambrose met Hardy. Yeah, Dean Ambrose and Jeff Hardy. And what you're about to hear is basically the first time the two have ever met in person. Hard to believe, but they had never really met or had a conversation before we all sat down to do this podcast. It all started, we were in Cincinnati, and I was in the dressing room talking to uh, Matt Hardy about Jeff and about how he's still as crazy as ever in a, in a good way. And uh, I said, man, I've always told Dean Ambrose that he reminds me of Jeff Hardy. He's very quiet. He chooses his words wisely, but he's super smart, super funny very creative great guy and uh, I told that to Jeff as well he reminded me a lot of Dean Ambrose so I said to Matt it's like wow I mean they remind me so much of each other and they've never even really met I'd love to have them sit down uh, with a couple microphones on my podcast and just have them meet each other for the first time when I said that Jeff came out of the bathroom I didn't know he was in there he goes I'd be down for that I'm down for that, man. So uh, I was like, cool. And so I went and asked Ambrose. I said, hey, man, I had this idea of getting you and Jeff together in a room to uh, to have a discussion for the first time. And he's like, yeah, I'll do that. So that's basically how it all started. So we got together a few weeks ago at uh, Raw in Kansas City. And... Um, Basically, it was set up and done in a couple conversations, a couple texts. Dean showed up, uh, Jeff showed up, went to a back room, and I turned the microphones on, and here we go. So the three of us had a great conversation, very varied conversation, talking about the broken universe, the final deletion with Jeff, and of course with Matt, how Dean and I got a potted plant over in an angle uh, last year. Uh, then we're talking about ghosts, Bigfoot, crop circles, and of course music. Uh, Jeff Hardy, finally, his record is coming out. It's called called Perox Y Gin. Yeah, Perox Y Gin. It's P-E-R-O-X-W-H-Y question mark G-E-N, classic Jeff Hardy. And they're about to release their uh, new album July 17th. And you can find that. Uh, uh, we'll let you know where you can find that. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show because Jeff is going to give the new single Revived uh, a spin right here in Talk is Jericho. It's the debut of Revived. You'll be among the first to hear it. That record comes out July 17th. I'll let you know at the end of the show where you 
you can pick that up. But before we get to when Hardy, when Ambrose met Hardy, I want to tell you there's still a couple of general admission tickets left to my spoken word show, The Words of Jericho, June 8th at Vicar Street in Dublin. Like very few. This is not some kind of a of a like a a sell or sales sell pitch, business pitch. What do you call it? Sales pitch. Um, I think there's less than like 50 tickets left. So if you want to come hang out with us, please get those. Uh, June 7th in Belfast already sold out. But if you're in Dublin, there's still a chance you can get tickets at Ticketmaster.ie. There's also another Words of Jericho live show lined up uh, August 25th in Winnipeg at the Club Region Event Center. I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. Tickets are on sale at Ticketmaster.com. So check that out as well. And of course, this leg of the Vazi Judas Rising Tour is just about finished. Been such a great time. So many killer shows on this run. Uh, great pairing with King and Sons of Texas. We'd love to do it again. It's funny because like everything has just gone through the roof since Judas has become a hit. It's at 3.7 million on uh, on YouTube now. Uh, still top three or four on the iTunes charts. I mean, earlier in the week it was Inter Sandman, Judas one, and uh, nothing else matters. I was like, man, those Metallica guys are really showing off. They're getting on my nerves. But um, if if you've checked out the video, we thank you. If you've bought the single on iTunes, we thank you. If you haven't bought it, do it. Keep the momentum rolling because the more uh, times you guys buy that single on iTunes, the more chance we have to get more radio play and move up the charts on rock radio, which is very important, especially, especially with Judas. It needs to be top 10, let's be honest. Um, but it has some great shows. I mean... We, we we had like a very small pre-sales for Joliet and then walked on stage at the Forge and the place was packed, sold out, uh, or close to sold out, not quite sold out, but it was packed. And it's like it's been happening every single night. It happened uh, the night before that when we were in uh, Flint, Michigan, last week in Asbury Park and Lancaster and so many great shows. And we're getting ready to, to wind down uh, the tour, this leg of the tour, Rocklahoma uh, today uh, in uh, prior Oklahoma. Then we're doing San Antonio, Antonio River City Rock Fest both of those with Def Leppard headlining. Then we bring it all to a close. May 28th on Sunday at the BFD in Dallas. Stone Sour headlines that one. So um, great stuff uh, coming up. It's a great time to be in Fozzie. Main stage at Download, June 11th. Hosting the Metal Hammer Golden Gods Awards, June 12th at the O2 in London. 13th in Milton Keynes. A possible other secret gig on the 14th, maybe. Then we're doing the Pain in the Grass Festival in Seattle on June 24th. A lot more dates getting added as we uh, finish up the album Judas um, with the single Judas just going through the roof becoming a viral hit uh, and it's going to become uh, our biggest charting song to date so go check it out support it if you can if you haven't heard it I'm going to play it for you now this is uh, our biggest hit ever it's Judas by Foz I'm talking to Jericho Personified, and I will drag you down and sell you out. Run away. I'm cold like December snow. I have carved out this soul made of stone, and I will drag you down and sell you out. Embraced by the darkness, I'm Become Now that 
still finishing up the new Fozzie record, putting the finishing touches on that. Uh, have it out in the fall. Uh, September is the is the target date. Lots coming for Fozzie. Lots of momentum. Let's keep it going. And let's keep it going right here on TIJ when Ambrose met Hardy for the first time right here on this podcast. We're going to talk about another WWE Hall of Famer first, though, that Jeff Hardy has actually known for years. Uh, he has met this guy. Talking about DDP and DDP Yoga, Diamond Dallas Page. We're all doing DDP Yoga on this Fozzie tour. It's helping us all to stay healthy, loose, and limber on the road. Helping my singing because DDP Yoga strengthens the core. Singing is all about the core, pushing from the diaphragm. All of that is strengthened because of DDP Yoga. I'm noticing it on stage, the ve- best vocal performances of my career. Noticed it in the studio when I was recording vocals for the new Fozzie record. A lot of people commenting how much they like the vocals on Judas. I do a lot of credit for that to DDP Yoga. DDP Yoga can help you get in shape and live a healthier life as well. Easier now than it ever was before. Thanks to the DDP Yoga Now app. That's what I'm using. Rich Ward's using it. Billy Gray. Uh, the app lets you do the workouts wherever and whenever you want. I'm doing it backstage at the venue, in the dress room, on the bus, in my hotel room. I still use the DVDs though sometimes, just the way I am. Uh, but you can open up the app and get to work because DDPY is a great program for anyone, any age, any skill level. So much more than just a workout. It's a healthier way to live, okay? And Diamond Dallas Page has made it so easy for you to get aboard uh, his life-changing program. Take advantage of this tremendous deal that Dallas is offering. He's giving you 20% off the DDP Yoga Now app and all DDPY merch and swag. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Bunch of new workouts on the app. The ability to do live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center. He's got nutrition tips, recipes, tools to help you track your progress. And like I said, Dallas is offering you this incredible deal on DDPY. Get 20% off the DDP Yoga Now app and all DDPY related merch. Just go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's all you got to do to take advantage of this tremendous deal. DDPYoga.com slash Jericho. That's DDPYoga.com slash Jericho. Go go check it out now. Get in the best physical and mental shape of your life and do it right now. Hey, I'm Emmanuel Acho, host of Beyond the Film Room, where we take the muzzle off the mouse of premier athletes. Every Thursday, join me and your favorite sports figures as we tackle the uncharted topic of sport and discuss the far-reaching impact outside of the stadium itself. Download episodes every Thursday at PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe at iTunes. Talk is Jericho. So I had this idea, because I've said for, for years, when I first met Ambrose, we worked together quite a bit last year. It was a great experience. But I, I, do you remember me saying you remind me of Jeff Hardy? I was, yeah. Uh, Ronnie's told me that all the time, actually. And I've never Yeah, we've never, uh, we've never crossed paths and never met. But I, I get that actually quite a bit. Which is so rare in the business after you guys have both been around for you know, 15, 20 years, whatever, is to never have actually met each other. But I said this the other day to you, Jeff, that you guys are very, very kind of quiet guys, a little bit kind of, I don't know if it's outwardly shy, but super intelligent, super smart. And when you start rolling, hilarious guys, too. And I said the other day to you, like, man, you remind me of Ambrose. I'd love to put you guys in a room and like have you meet each other on, ca- on camera, so to speak. You're like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. I've I've heard it so much. Like, man, if you ever go back to the WWE, man, I got to see you and Dean Ambrose, man. That'd be the the matchup of the century, you know. So, mm. I've heard it a lot too. The comparison, just from a personality standpoint, you know, as well. And it was funny too because when I when I was talking to Matt about it, and it was one of those things where I didn't know you were in the bathroom in the dressing room. Right, I was on the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah. I'd love to get Peace Dean and, and and Hardy, and you come out. You're like, yeah, I'd like to do that. I was like, well, I'm glad I didn't call you an asshole or something. I know, I was waiting on it, but I, I was still, but I, I heard you guys. 
ass, man. It's all good. That could be a bad idea. Like, hey, you guys are you remind me of each other because you're both quiet. You know what we should do? An audio podcast. Right. Yeah. That's what somebody just, said. It could be a disaster. I said, no, it won't be. Because once they start rolling, they go. But that, that is the case. It's like, and I, it's hard. So you've never crossed paths anywhere. Not yeah, to my never. knowledge. Yeah, right? mine either. Yeah, if we did, I, I, I forgot it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure we haven't. I met Matt once or twice, like in an indie show or something. But because yeah, Jeff, you never worked like Ring of Honor or anything like that. Did not you? until this, this past March was my first. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah, years ago when they first started, that was it was Ring of Horror at the time. Ring of what? Because Willow came out, and and then Willow took off his mask, and it was Jeff Hardy back in the conflicted days, extremely conflicted days, and it was a disaster. I mean, they booed the shit out of me. And it was, <laughs> so uh, conflicted is that kind of like talking to Jeff Hardy like lost? Years, so basically, yeah, 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 basically yeah. conflicted, yeah. And uh, but then we returned it that Manhattan mayhem in Manhattan, like with the with the Bucks, and it was just incredible. So uh, you know, I did it right this time, yeah. yeah. And it was so, it was a fun month. So when us. it was the Ring of Horror, you were the Will of the Wisp. It was, yeah. And for some reason, I wanted to do the Willow in- entrance. And uh, but then somehow take up a master in the match and boo, <laughs> <It's> just, <you> know, <laughs> not happening. It was bad. My work wasn't really on point back then either. So, but you and you were, were you a fan ever of the Hardys, Dean? I mean, kind of coming into the business and being oh, a oh, younger for sure. I mean, they're obviously huge, huge stars, man. Like so cool. You guys are right back in the uh, right back in the mix, man. So that's that's awesome. Like everybody knew you guys would be back. I would, I would have thought. If you had asked me, I'd have been like, yeah, they'll probably come back, right? Everybody comes back. Well, that's the thing. And the funny thing is, too, because we were in Japan together when the uh, the broken mat thing. Was it one, what was the first one called? The the, the, the first the final deletion. Final deletion. Yeah. deletion. Oh, yeah. You were the one that showed me that. You remember that? Yeah. You guys were in Japan? We, 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 were, in the, uh, uh, we were in the sumo arena. Uh, we had a big show in Japan. And I had it on my computer. And, I, and my rule was you have to watch it from beginning to end. You can't come halfway through. You have to see this whole thing. So I had showings in the dressing room, and Ambrose was one yeah, of the Yeah, I remember that. All right. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here we go. That was fun, man. And what, the beauty of that whole thing was it was there was no budget. Uh, I had my big symbol that I it took me I don't know two days to make it was my huge Enigma symbol and it was like a twelve foot tall cross out in my backyard and it'd been there for about I think I built it back in eleven or or twelve uh, but I said yeah that thing's kind of beat up and it's starting to look bad let's destroy it let's work it into the finish somehow and that was the big spot for I was going to Swanton Matt but he set himself on fire and then uh, and me as well. Um, and so I took the big bump for the finish of the match. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it was all us. Basically, fell off the symbol. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. We, we were and, and, and Matt set himself on fire because he's very. He quick. did, yeah, because we are all like we're, we're the so, thing was on fire, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but yeah. right before, so was Matt. It was the fumes. If you watch it back right in slow mo, man. You can see it. Just the fumes, I guess. Like for because we were just man throwing gas, and I've always been like that, thinking I'm a professional of fire, but like. <laughs> far from but anyway and it just engulfed him man if you watch it back in slow-mo you can really see it it's mainly his shoulder and his side a little bit but then it it came up to me and i took the bump uh, how high was that thing at uh, 12 13 feet so you're basically falling 12 feet onto the dirt yeah he has this big old and and it's funny because when people like criticize and watch it back and you see, see the reactions one this this one guy had the best reaction ever like first of all I'd, my yard was incredible I did all these designs and I mean it's like a full day of weed eating and it's all these designs like this big ass puzzle or something and it's like wow is that real or did they like just you yeah, know do it that almost, it almost looks like CGI do you remember that Ambrose like, exactly his yeah. lawn had all of these designs mowed into it and one yeah, of them the whole, it was gnarly the whole yeah. thing with the drones and the and one of the I evil. Well, maybe there weren't drones. I assume there were. No, there were, yeah. But that's yeah, the drone, yeah. and, and that was one of evil Matt's things. He drove his lawnmower through here to scalp the center of the. the so design. how do you do that? 
I, dude, I, I wish I knew, but like getting those drone shots, like I just freehand it. And I've done, I did a thing, Itchweed, at Happy Halloween, the hardest Halloween deal. And I wrote Happy Halloween and did like three, two or three pumpkins. And I, I didn't know, I, it looked pretty cool from my site. But then when I saw that drone shot, I was like, wow, how did I do that? Mm. It's, an, it's an incredible you can't medium. You can tell what it's going to look like from looking down. No, you can't until you get it's that like drone a crop shot. circle or something. Exactly. Yeah. It's very similar. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one guy I was watching. He was like, "What? What? what, what what's he got shaping shapes in his yard? I don't know. This is pretty dope." I thought he was going to crack. I was like, "Why? Well, he's got way too much time on his hands." But like to me, it's just like painting or writing a song. You know, I'm going to spend some time. It's going to be consuming. And uh, but yeah, just for that quick glimpse of it, I was like, "Yeah, I got got that on TV." So that's pretty impressive, though. Oh to man. do that, knowing what it's going to look like from above. You know, oh for sure. I can't draw at all, man. I'm like <laughs> stick figures only, man. Yeah, so man. I can't even imagine. Lawnmower in a. Do you have any type of art that you do, Dean? Like you know, art is obviously you know it can be, it could be music, it could be painting, it could be writing, it could be drawing stuff in your lawn. Um, I mean nothing like, nothing like that. I'm like I have no musical talent whatsoever. <laughs> like karaoke, after maybe a couple, <laughs> but I'm not any good. I've blown out my just from like yelling and years of bad decisions. I have like no vocal cords left. So <laughs> right. I have to keep it real low, you know. You can do that Tom Waits singing. Hey, yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't hit the high notes, you know. <laughs> Jeff, you've always been like real artistic. I remember even back in the early two thousands at your house, you had that compound. You've always made these big giant statues and and all of these like was it tin foil? What were they called? Aluminummies. Aluminummies. Yeah, they were the Aluminummies. Tell, tell Ambrose what an aluminum is. It was. It started with yeah, just I'd make these action figures out of foil, but then I, I started to get real crazy and I, I would uh, duct tape all these plastic bottles, whether it be a Pepsi a two liter bottle or a milk jug or something, would be the head. I would just see these visions and I, I started building some huge things, man. Like. And you remember pictures of them? I mean, some of them uh, they started life size, but then I, it, I went beyond life size. Like and I 10 built this, feet tall. Yeah, I built this tall. one thing. It was a uh, centaur, but I called it Swantar. It was this big alien looking half horse, half man thing, and it was huge. I bet it took me, oh my God, four months to make that thing. It was crazy, just little by little. So I would do the duct tape and whatever the skeleton would be of it, wood structure or whatever. But then uh, the final coat would be like this chrome aluminum tape, and that's where that whole aluminum came from. Like they were wrapped up mummies in aluminum. And then I had their villain that I never got to uh, make. We're going to be the Vyrusters. Uh, it was going to be all rusted metal, but I, I still haven't learned to weld good. Mm-hmm. I can do it a little bit, but I still want to do that eventually. And So is the aluminum, I mean, this giant one still there? No, no. Whenever my uh, uh, double wide burned down back in 08, all of them, they went with it. Wow. I mean, it took out everything. So God, that was, a, yeah, for sure. Your whole thing burned down to the ground oh yeah yeah all of them uh, everything's gone it was crazy how did that start the fire uh, electrical it was electrical issues that's all they could say hmm. like some wiring issues or some shit and i'd always heard about it and you know, knew a very few amount of people that had experienced that but wow that's a it's a it's a blow man it's whew, when you don't have anything but, but your money in the bank you know and your the love of your life you know it's just it was it was tough but like we rebuilt uh on that same property and it's all good now it's just well, we were lucky to have matt there we stayed with him for a year until we got our new home built. And Did so, your dog pass away in the fire too? Yeah, Jack. And, uh, and that's the, the old... No! Yeah. Oh, that is the worst story I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. And they, yeah. you know, back Could when we did that... Oh, yeah, he was trapped. And just oh, the, the idea, like, what his last moments were like. He evidently passed out from the smoke is what people say, so it probably wasn't painful, yeah. hopefully. And I just try to think of that. But the, the saddest thing was about a week later, and then the next day I went up there looking for his remains, just to have a little closure. 
And man, about a week later, one of my buddies went up there getting copper or something out. He was going to go sell it or, or something, but he he found his remains, and I had to go up there and bury him. And wow, you talk about oh ooh. man, ooh. But anyway, that, that was awful, yeah, it, it was rough. And uh, back in the day, Matt, you know that that was a, a wild storyline. You know that was all involved in Wait, in the hardy. Yeah, it was outrageous. Wow, <laughs> how did you feel but, when they pitched that idea? It's very interesting, man. You know, we all know what it's like in the gorilla position before a big match or whatever. And, you know, they'll pump you up, tell you how to act, and I'll never forget the, the video package here. They're awesome, you know, and they're very emotional, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, man, and they played that one. And it, and they uh, and Jack was in it and like a, just a, a real sweet picture of him or something. Man, I about broke down. And they were like, "No, you got to be fired up. You got to be." All. No, not today. I'm, I went out there stone cold. <laughs> I had to get over that, you know, just because I was like, "Why did I agree to do this?" You know, but um, it's all good, man. It it played a part in all the broken stuff with the pet cemetery because that's a real life pet cemetery I have at my house. It's where all my dogs and pets are up there buried. So we got that in that second little deal we did uh, with the broken universe stuff. So. um it's all good, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What'd you think of that, Ambrose? The broken Hardys and all that stuff when we were watching it. Oh man, it's like it's like not even outside the box. It's like outside of a different box in a different room. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't even mess with your box, man. I just do my own box. I don't get outside of that, you know. Right, that's right. gutsy to like do something that like is just so different. Like and, just, and it's cool because it. Like it's, it seems like it really got over, you know. We were sitting there in Japan watching it, like, "Well, it's cool," and like, and, and not really paying attention to anything in TNA before that. No, yeah, you can't compare it to anything else. Like, that's really cool. Like, when did you start seeing that get over, Jeff? I mean, obviously, I know what the storyline was, where you know you broke your leg and all the other stuff. Were you guys just saying like, "Ah, screw it, let's just do this weird thing and see what happens" because we don't care anymore, or did you obviously you didn't know how big it was going to get? I didn't know at the time until. uh because Matt basically said, yeah, we, cause everything leading up to that final deletion of the matches were great. I mean, we, we had some, you know, great matches. And I didn't really know what Matt meant by, yeah, no, I want you to do something big to me. and I'm going to change, you know. But he watches all these shows like Dexter, Breaking Bad, you know. Uh, oh, he, he loves – I think he took a little bit from all that that he watches and kind of created, you know, the Broken Matt Hardy deal. And But after that happened, and then uh, he started acting the way he acted, the final deletion and all that, uh, I, di- I didn't really – I didn't realize it at the time, but – uh, the more he just, I started to you know, realize how much he is uh, consumed by this character and just, uh, he was he fully committed. committed. Yeah, exactly. Committed. And, and you have to do that. And like even, oh man, we just recently did, you know, Tommy Dreamer's show. WWE was gracious enough to let us do it. And uh, man, what a reaction he got. And he was on point on the mic. And he just, I mean, it's things like, uh, oh my God, the... Uh, here in the House of Hardcore, Philadelphia, I mean, your reaction is almost orgasmic. And they went crazy. <laughs> and we were doing a, a promo for some other match and just out of nowhere, because I never know what he's going to say. And he said, he said, oh, my God, the joy uh, it brings to me, and, and, you know, thinking of the books of youth being deleted. He said something like, uh, when we delete the books of youth, the, the joy is, uh, it makes me want to ejaculate. You know, it's just the craziest <laughs> shit like that. And I'm going, oh, my God, this is, this is nuts. But uh, it's so entertaining to hear him just, just go. Because, you know, when I do Willow, Itchweed, these other alter egos, I mean, it's tough, man, to stay in character, especially when it's like that advanced and beyond. It's like the redneck, and Willow's kind of like. Itchweed's the weed eater guy, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, kind of redneck, just wild, man. And Willow's kind of the satanic, you know, yeah. demon. Witchery. The yeah. devil worshiper or something. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, witchery, exactly. Yeah. Something like that. And then, uh, but yeah, I just, man, like when Matt did your podcast in full character, that was pretty impressive, you know? He did. Like, uh, also. He did uh, this show, Ambrose, in full character for 60 minutes. <clears throat> 
is completely the broken mat guy. Oh no way! Which was awesome. The only other guy that's ever done it was Santino. Did it as Santino for sixty minutes once. But yeah, Matt was so locked in. He's very committed, like you said. I'm gonna listen to that on drive. Yeah, it's oh, it's, yeah, it's good because that's when he came up with this whole backstory and he uh, said that he knew my grandfather in another life. And then he goes, "Yes, he was a lumberjack." And I, dude, I started laughing so hard. I <laughs> Mike, I was like, "Keep going, keep going, keep going." Yeah. So yeah, but then he talk about the total commitment of it. You know, yeah. I was gonna say like. You can come up with really cool new stuff like that or anything anything original. A lot of times, I feel like it just comes out of uh, just messing around. Like you were saying, did you know it was, that was going to be good? Mm-hmm. Like, I, could, I don't know how big the plan was, but I mean, I can see you guys just like starting like, let's try this. What if we had some drones? And then we go, let's do it in the yard. And then it just, stuff like that, you're just sure. messing around. Like, maybe they didn't really care if it worked or not, you know? Yeah, but and that's when it best. turns out to be cool. Like, it's always the best yeah. way. Because, like, like, like you said, Dean, I thought the I thought the drones were CGI. But those were actually It was real, drones. yeah. All miniature little drones. The ones I were hitting with the, was hitting with the guitar, they were all, like, cheap miniature drones. And uh, the Vanguard 1 is the, you know, expensive yeah. version. And uh, he, he got so, I mean, he's the most over-drone ever. I mean, I would... <laughs> I would walk out with him, and man, he got just this huge. Oh yeah, the Vanguard one. They were chanting that, and just it was insane, man. But it, there's something so powerful with that whole thing. But I think where I was getting with that symbol that I made out of wood, you know, and I, we'd, I was willing to destroy it just for the benefit of you know a great segment, yeah, yeah, segment. And uh, so then I was like, oh wow, we did all this cool stuff, and the Lake of Reincarnation is in my, the back of my yard. And we did this, the Scooby-Doo finish when that, which was great. Like, I went in as uh, Jeff Hardy came out as Willow, you know, with the umbrella. And then Senior Benjamin took me out with a taser. But then they go back to uh, pin Willow. Matt goes back to pin Willow, but then he takes a mask off and it's Senior Benjamin. And, I mean, it was just such a good false finish. And, uh, <laughs> it was a Scooby-Doo finish. Yeah, and, we, should, uh, we should book him. Yeah, right on. But then, so we're right into the main thing. But then I was like, okay, what do we do for this next deal? we got to, you know, top yourself. you got to raise the bar. you got to... You know, be more impressive. So that's when the pet cemetery came into place, and I spent like a whole week, like the same kind of wooden structure, crosses, and uh, man, just building. It, went to Lowe's, bought a bunch of wood, built, cut, painted. You know, went to Lowe's, like and built like twenty-two little uh, tombstone type things. Where that drone shot looked incredible. Oh, like you mean like the, like in the cemetery? Yeah. yeah. And I dug, you know, three graves with. A, I'd rented a little uh, backhoe. From my local rental company and dug three graves because we had this idea senior Benjamin should be digging the graves. That would be amazing. And it all come to get, it came together so organic. And you guys just, did that all on your own? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All that, yeah. Financed it yourself? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So did you just deliver the finished tape to TNA and go play this? Or yeah, basically. Did they have to get approval for it? Yeah, or? everything except that the last thing we did, which is a total nonstop deletion, and it was mm-hmm. Apocalypto. I was like, man, what if we did the volcano, you know, back in my first run here, I had the little volcano in my yard and I jumped up with my dirt bike and all that madness. And so, uh, maybe I can build another volcano, but you can't get clay around Cameron, man. Like Lumberton was the closest place, but luckily a friend of mine had a place he dug stuff out and threw stuff in like from landscaping or whatever. And so I spent 3000 bucks building a, a damn clay volcano just to like dig a hole in the top of it. And they brought actually a power out there and shot nice stuff out of it and made like a big old flame out of it. And uh, so they, they put a lot of money into that one, that last thing that we did. But other than that, yeah, it was all us and very low. But, but that's what make us, makes like Final Deletion cool because there's no budget. Right. So I want my first like good music video to be kind of like that. Like just come up with a real cool radio head type of plan. Like, wow, I'm not sure what that means, but I love it. You know, kind of deal. Yeah. Can you imagine doing that here? Just being like Vince, dude. I've been filming this thing at home for a few days. Here you go. Can here we put go. it on raw? <laughs> Trust me, it's it's not weird. They'll like it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's, oh it's like. Gosh. Something from Adult Swim. 
You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. It's it's so avant garde and so out of whack. Like Vince, because yeah. then didn't Vince try? Didn't we try something like, like the next week with New Day where they went to Wyatt's? Yeah, watch that. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of our version of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I was. I remember sitting in a hotel watching that man, and I I was like, wow. This, I was excited, you know, to see how it was with the yeah. budget and everything, but. I was pretty honored. I mean, in a way, you know, I was like, wow. Yeah. It wasn't as good. <laughs> it wasn't half as good. It wasn't as good. All right. There are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos. Hey, amigas. See? Already learning. Haha. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. You're listening to Talk is Jericho. Did you see, uh, I was going to tell you this, Ambrose, did you see it was Earth Day? And there was all these memes of you holding the potted plant? Oh, like I Earth saw that. Yeah, I watched that just yesterday. I did you hear anything? About, did you That's know awesome. what that was all about? I didn't know until, what was it? Uh, I was holding a, a random potted plant. So what happened was we did, I came back last year, January 2016. I think right off the bat, we had a highlight reel. And Ambrose is like, for real, as a shit, he goes, man, like that highlight reel set. Isn't it what it used to be? You Remember? said budget cut or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I ended up we. I grabbed a plant from backstage, just like a plant that we found, and I like brought it to him as a gift. Yeah. Nice. And then it stayed as part of the set. Yeah, because you said to me like you said I should bring you a potted plant or something. I'm like, yeah, bring me a potted plant. So we were in Tampa and we walked around backstage until we found a potted plant. So he came out because I used to have this great set for 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 uh, uh, highlight reel. It'd yeah, be like this yeah. beautiful like s- like sculptures and a hanging tron and a carpet with my design on it. And then here we are, you know, ten years later, and it's basically just two chairs and like a TV screen, and that was it. Yeah, so Rain's had a stool, right? So we we jazzed it up yeah. a little bit with a plant, but yeah. then I don't remember how it all went. But it ended up to where I had my own plant, or maybe I took the plant. It was the Somehow I ended up with the plant. Yeah. But uh, one of the writers was like, you know, you got to name the plant. And I'm like, no, nah, that's stupid. He's like, no, because then it, because you were going to break the plant. So he's like, that way the plant becomes like a character. And then when he breaks the plant over your head, it's like he killed Mitch. Mitch the potted plant. Yeah. And so then you right. killed Mitch. But then, so at WrestleMania, they're like, hey, I'm going to do some photos with Mattel. And uh, it's like the stupidest thing ever. This is the plant thing. And then, like, they're like, here, we, we got this place that we want you to take some photos with. And it's, like, 
the whole playset with like the potted plant and you can like break it and everything with like figures of me. So I was like, oh, we made an action figure out of the plant. He's immortalized as a toy. Well, yeah, well, so he brought the potted plant, right? And this is when we were like, you know, on this friends or whatever. And then every highlight reel I had, I'd put the potted plant in there. It was part of the set. And then the idea would be that we would do a highlight reel, knock him down, then smash the plant over top of his head. Which, if it, you know, if this was a real life thing and someone smashed a potted plant over your head, it would it would knock you the fuck out. You know, it would hurt like hell. Right, right, but right. they insisted on calling it Mitch the potted plant. So, rather than the fact that I had smashed this horrible object over his head, that he's out in the hospital for a week, everyone was more concerned with the fact that Mitch the potted plant was dead. That drove me crazy because we do this great angle. It's like, oh, poor Mitch. But no, not poor Mitch. Ambrose is in the hospital. Careful with a stupid right. plant. <laughs> oh, I even called .com. I'm like, get that Mitch the Potted Plant story off of .com now. You know? wow. <laughs> they wanted to be. They, they love Mitch the Potted Plant. So. Yeah, I, I was going to be all right, you know, but he wasn't coming back. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So now they actually have the the uh, Ambrose Asylum match with breakable Mitch the Potted yeah. Plant included. Oh, that's awesome, man. Once you're, once you're a toy, you can't can't take that away. And that also means there's going to be another Ambrose Asylum match at some point. Oh, God. I like just thinking of, like, what stupid stuff I could eventually turn into a toy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mind said it's pro wrestling, man. Anything's possible, man. Anything can work. See, I mean, if, you, if, they, if you guys had a final deletion here, they could make a whole final deletion playset. With the, oh, yeah. oh, God. sculpture and the pet yeah, cemetery and the drones. Yeah, but huge. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, yeah, you would have Flying to. Flying drones. For sure. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Huge. When you yeah. when you came back here to the WWE, we all know that you know, we have to get into it with the story of TNA and, and all that sort of stuff with the contract. But when you came in here, was it ever discussed of bringing that gimmick over? Or was it just let's bring it as the Hardys and see where it goes first? Or uh, No, because we did the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. That's when we got the whole cease and desist letter, you know, and... Say, oh, and, you, and what happened? They said you can't. Use yeah, they said we can't. If you use it, we're going to sue you. You know, or and sue like Ring of Honor or whatever. And I think Dish Network are the only. They didn't air the pay per view because of the threat or whatever. Really? Yeah, but it was so because it said like I mean uh, the Broken Universe characters were specifically developed for Matt and Jeff Hardy, and that was so far from the. I mean, there was no, you guys developed. It. Yeah, no, and even Billy Corgan, you know, I love, love Billy, man, yeah, and yeah, great guy. he uh, he he was right out there with us, man, throughout two long nights of filming. Uh, I mean, uh, like Smashing during, Pumpkins, Billy Corgan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was cool. the TNA for a while because he he almost owned it, you know. And I think, I, honestly, I'd probably still be cool. the, there now if he would have. It still I worked wish out. he would have. Yeah, I think it would have been better for the company if he. Yeah, he he was like one of the president of TNA, big investor, and actually tried to buy it. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. yeah, but then something didn't work out. I mean, I don't know exactly what it was, but there was just too many uncertainties there, man. Was he a pretty creative? Guy, yeah, he had on. good ideas. Yeah, because he ran sure. an indie promotion. I knew that he did. In Chicago, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah so, resistance or something like that. Resistance. Did he have some some influence in the uh, yeah. final deletion? Delete or decay? He wasn't a part of final deletion, but delete or decay, he was, and he was. He had a lot of input, man. Mm. A lot of good ideas, and you, just like all of us, you know, we throw it out there and see if it sticks. And some were good, some were didn't work, and. Uh, but man, this was the one where I did my symbol in the ground. This was another big moment uh, for, from a creative standpoint. Uh, I dug a trench in the ground, another kind of freehand. Like I, I blew myself away by, by how I did this, and like I dug a trench in, of my symbol again, the same one that burnt in the final deletion, and it was huge. And so we would trench it with uh, gas, you know, in the trench, and then uh, light it on fire, so it appeared as if Vanguard One was shooting 
rockets at uh, or lasers at <laughs> Stephen Abyss or whatever. But anyway, it, it ignited the flames and and the symbol lit up like this, like God was drawing it. Oh, it, oh my God! And Billy was out there. So I went crazy. Like, oh, this is like four thirty in the morning before the big Joseph Park uh, Lake of Reincarnation spot. But mm. like, man, it went perfect in that drawn shot, and we watched it back, and it was just. Man, it was awesome. But Billy was right there with all that. And he was the way you've outdone yourself, Jeff. And I was like, man, thank you. And this is a, what a payoff for all that hard work. Sure, of course. Into it. All the stuff you're doing on your own. So, yeah. And then uh, when Abyss went into the Lake of Reincarnation uh, and came out as his alter ego, Joseph Parks, which was hilarious. But he was afraid to go, get all the way under that nasty-ass water. And, man, Billy was out there. And I'll never forget it. We were all delirious because we were so tired. And he came, he came walking out like half, half wet. And the, the rest of him was dry because he went and shaved all up and stuff. And he said, I love how uh, he goes in as abyss, uh, you know, and comes out half dry as Joseph Parks. And so I was like, this is not going to work. You're not drenching with water. But it was okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I go all the way, you know, when I do something. I've been in that nasty water too much. <laughs> but yeah, man. Do you remember when I, we were in Iraq and uh, uh, we stayed in Saddam Hussein's palace? They, we had taken over. And oh, cool. you remember there was oh, a yeah, the nasty football, lake? Yeah. Oh yeah, you jumped in that lake. Oh yeah, I caught a foot, a pass from uh, from Ronnie, yeah. Archer, because they said do not go in this lake. Oh it's like man, toxic yeah. water. And twenty minutes later, there's Jeffro swimming in the lake. I still have a fear that something's lingering inside, is <laughs> laying dormant in me, like because I was going, man, there's probably dead bodies in there. There's no telling. What's <laughs> oh yeah, sure, right. oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but now we were just talking about that last week. Me and Truth, and he's like, "Damn, you caught that ball!" Like, yeah, you were gonna so drop stupid, that ball. Yeah. So stupid. Did you ever go to Iraq? Have they stopped doing that since you got here? No, they did the uh, tribute just yeah. at like bases here now. Okay. That'd have been cool. I would have like to have done that. It was. It was a good time. Yeah, man. I wish they it was. was man, we went like three, four years in a row. Yeah, going yeah. over there, which was good. Which was good. So, something else I want to ask you: living out in the woods in uh, Reynolds, North Carolina, on the forest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Ambrose and I have had discussions at length about uh, the paranormal. Bigfoot, ghosts, all that sort of thing. Have you ever had any weird experiences uh, out there? No, no. My wife is in, in love with paranormal stuff. Like, she's even got the little uh, instruments she can take. And we went up to where my dad was born, actually, in Reynolds. Uh, and that house still stands. In 1933, he was born inside that house. And it's it's been Itchweed's crib, and Willow's kind of made it look like his home because it's such an old, creepy-looking building. But we went, up, we went up there one night doing a little investigation, and because uh, my my aunts, both my aunts, that lived near that, have passed, and we were hoping something would happen, but nothing really you know, powerful happened. Um, but I, I think that it, it's very it's very possible that something's uh, left here as far as a paranormal. Um, I've always wanted to see an apparition or something, but yeah, nothing, nothing yet. ever powerful. I do kind of would like to experience that for sure. Anything new you on might, that front? You might have caught one in that lake. Might be living in it. It might now. be. Maybe that's my Possessed. problem. <laughs> <laughs> Looking all crazy with the willow mask. Yeah. Is, is he in a mask or did he really get taken over by the demon? <laughs> right. It could sure. be. Oh, my gosh. Dude, since we've last spoken about it, I saw a serious ufo whoa whoa, whoa. okay i'm not even making it up because last i don't i'm not saying it was necessarily an alien or okay. a craft but i seen something and i um anyway so in, we're in the back i live in uh in vegas right yes. out in the desert middle of nowhere and they got nellis air force base and it's like kind of close to area 51 so mm -hmm. like oh yeah they yeah. say there's a lot of like uh what do you call like experimental you know jets yeah, yeah, and stuff like, like that yeah so and, yeah. yeah so not necessarily you know aliens but it was something it was like nighttime and there was four of us out there we had like some family over like uh my girl's aunt was there and we were both facing the same direction 
and everybody else is looking this way. And I seen this thing. It was like a uh, like a circle like this that was like neon blue. And it was like in the sky and it just kind of caught my eye. And I looked away and then kind of looked back because I noticed it was kind of moving. And it was just real deliberately moving like this. Like, hmm. Like, like a straight zzz, line. Yeah, they're not making any noise or not making just it's just like this thing moving across like it was like something was moving across the screen. Mm. And it like it, it was lingering for like ten whole seconds because I was just like watching it like doing a double take, like I'm looking at something, right? I had enough time to like go, yeah, that's a thing. That's mm-hmm. what and I'm like in about ten seconds, then it just gets smaller and smaller and then kinda disappears. And I turn around, I'm like and her aunt was doing the same thing, and she's looking at it and I'm like did you see that? She's like, what the hell was that? And I'm like, you saw that, right? And I'm like, and I'm like what? And we were comparing what we saw. We're like, yeah, what the hell, what the hell was that? I don't know, man. But So what do you think? I have no idea. It could have been some kind of weird experimental weather balloon or some shit from the Air Force. or It was something. It wasn't a plane. And it wasn't like... you hear about that, especially out in the desert with like the new like uh, advanced... like. Uh, fighter jets and all that sort of thing that they kind of would test them over in that in the desert, right? Yeah, yeah. You hear that sort of thing, but it could also be could be aliens, man. Could yeah, have been, yeah. there is an idea that there's hybrids like roaming around everywhere, right? Like, in what way? At aliens, like we're the project of the aliens, like basically, really? and it's a mix of like not reptilian exactly, but like, you know, basically half alien, half you know human hmm. to where. And I've always kind of considered that. I'm a huge fan of ancient aliens. You know, I watch that show a lot. Speaking mm-hmm. of you know crop circles, I saw a little breakdown on those a while back. But um, yeah, for sure, it's something. I mean, uh, that I I totally believe is very possible. That if it's not God, maybe it is the aliens. Maybe they were here years before. Maybe that's how the pyramids got built. You know, because there's so many, like, uh, insane places you can go to and, like, wonder how that was made back then, you know, before we had all this technology and heavy machinery and all that. But there's still something that they still don't know how they made pyramids. Like, there's still no way that you could make it. I think even to this day, you would have to have, like, you know... 4,000, you know, uh, like a, a forklift that could lift a 4,000-pound stone, and there's no such thing, and how they even built that. Yeah, you can so. do that without a crane. Or... Without a crane? Yeah. Right. You couldn't it's, do it without a crane. You just need thousands of years and a bunch of slaves. But it seems so... Still. So, yeah, so impossible to do. Yeah, seems you a little I mean? excessive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? do you, I don't know, does this pyramid really need to be this high? I don't know. It's, 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 it's taking 1,000 years we've been working on this bill. Yeah, maybe we should just. <laughs> yeah, and like who's who's building it for a thousand years? Like that's a long time. Yeah, that's yeah. you know that's like fifteen generations of the king. Like he probably would lose interest at some point. You would think. Yeah, if that was the case. But let's talk about crop circles a little bit. What, do you know anything about crop circles, Ambrose? Mm, a little bit. Like what is it? What are they supposedly? It was supposedly it's like just uh, aliens putting symbols for navigation or messages or something like in people's crops, and they like. Mm-hmm. They push them down, and that's the extent of what I know. Yeah, I just realized they pushed them down. I saw the ancient aliens I watched. It was like they were they had this team of crop circle specialists to go out and make one with these things they press, and but they they planned it all out with the help of drones and all this and the size and the and the comparison was very close. So they did it like in four hours or something, and I think the challenge was to do it in under 
six or five or something like that. But mm-hmm. like, and I forget when that first one was discovered. But yeah, I still don't understand like how that shit just happens over overnight, mm-hmm. and then it's documented that way to where like, oh well, man, there's no explanation for this. But they made it. The team made it, and he was like, oh wow, well it's possible for humans. But that's way different than like pyramids, you know. Well, yeah, sure, sure. And also about crop circles that they had, you know, hundred years ago that you would see. You yeah. Know. What other stuff did you see on Ancient Aliens? Um, oh my god Matt's actually been to Easter Island that's another interesting there's this huge like face is built out of stone and like another thing like they're nobody, all exactly the same yeah and nobody knows how they got there they, no. there's like like I don't know 50 kind of like huge, Native yeah. American looking stone statues and they're yeah. all oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly yeah. the same yeah. right yeah for sure Matt was just like, a magical place and nobody really knows how they again I don't know when it was structured or whatever mm-hmm. but Matt, Matt, Matt actually went Matt, there yeah, actually where went is there. that it's uh we did shows in Santiago. You take some kind of flight from Santiago, Chile, to gotcha. wherever that place is. But I don't know, man. I, I'm a huge uh, believer in faith and the unknown. And I was watching, oh, my God, Charles Darwin before I came here today. Like, what a genius, man. You know, the evolution guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, some one of the last things he said, uh, about, I guess before his death in 1851 or something like that. But he was like... Um, you know, basically the idea of God, how this began, the creation of Earth and the human right, all this in general, I think it's kind of too profound for any of us to ever understand to where it's me. And that's kind of how I've always been. I'm like, man, I, I don't need to understand. I just need to have faith. And there is something else, something more. I don't need exact details to where so many people strive to understand. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was pretty interesting to hear him say that. Darwinism is the evolution. Yeah, with the whole, we came from Fish those, to yeah. apes yeah. and everything in between. Now, one thing about evolution, I mean, why are monkeys still here if that's the case? Yeah, right. they're just slow. Right, yeah, that's one thing I've never understood about evolution. That's a good point. Right, you yeah, know. So. What you, what's your stance on that, Dean? I mean, I, I, I don't know anything about... Uh, I'm not smart enough to be able to say that there was evolution or there wasn't evolution. Or I got, like, you know, my own... Pers- I'm kind of... I'm pretty fairly spiritual. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I go on, like, faith. But I, I don't subscribe to any religion or, like... Mm-hmm. I'm not like Noah's Ark was built and then and then God came into like I don't I don't know maybe it did maybe it didn't like that's how I am yeah some of those stories yeah so, the man wrote I mean, men wrote the Bible yeah you know so like there is some pretty fantastic things that you think could be stories you know yeah. like like fiction like fun stories that somebody wrote yeah but I think we're on the same page you believe that there's a higher power out there you know because to me Darwinism to say that we came from a fish out of the sea it's very hard to for me to, to to buy in that one you know when oh, he opened by he said he'd never considered himself an atheist which and i was like I was, oh he must have been and i was like, oh wow well that's kind of cool that you you never really considered yourself that and you you are up to the fact that you you'll never understand like until you actually die or mm-hmm. die for good you know uh, and I'm, I'm still not uh, certain about i know a lot i've have i have a good friend of mine he's had heart issues he's a damn non-stop smoker he's I don't know, 50-something years old, but what a great, great dude. But anyway, he just will not quit smoking. And he he's the kind of guy that's told me he's died about three or four times. And, and that might be, I mean, it might, I'm not saying it's not true, but like, and I was like, wow, God, but to me, you know, when you die, it just seems like, but maybe there is that experience of that glimpse of what's next. So he's died like on a operating table or just yeah from house? from like from heart attacks and shit like, what did he say that he saw when he died it's the same old thing just like the light at the end of the tunnel you know and the you know something you know strange but i, I have very vivid dreams and like they uh, to me it's kind of like the closest to you know a visit we have with that that other side the dreaming yeah dreaming yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure because it's, it's basically pretty close to i'm sure you guys experienced too like when you you're trying to like fight off somebody or 
Yeah, I just had one recently. I, my dad had had a damn heart attack, and it was it was very terrifying. And I was trying to get my phone to call nine one one, but I just could not move my body. Mm. Oh, and I was oh, I had that all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and it was. Oh, but then there's been times when listen, I guess it's an experience when I control the dream. And I know that somebody's about to kill me, but I'm like, you can't kill me. This is a dream. I'm serious. Somebody's got a gun to my face, and I'm going, shoot, shoot. It's where I'm confident in my dream. But like most of the time, I, I don't control it. But have you guys ever had the famous dream of falling? Yeah, and I had yeah. a dream where I fell falling, and then yeah, I hit twice. the ground and died. And it was if you hit the ground, in your dream, you're going to die. Well, yeah, in you real don't. life, right? Because I hit the ground. <laughs> I remember in my yeah. dream, I died from yeah. falling off this building and and landing on the on the ground. I'm gonna yeah. sleep but, a little better. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <I'm fine> <laughs> Have you guys ever had a dream like after, after somebody had passed away, like that somebody like almost like a visit? Have you had, did you guys? That's one thing when the stuff like that happens. Like, yeah, I've had those a few times. Which, that's cool. Which, yeah, which have, uh, it was very you know it was weird. And whenever oh, psychic medium stuff kind of became popular, this was back in the oh my gosh, the first ladder match days with us and Edge and Christian. Uh, but anyway, and John Edwards, the guy, you know, he like his. Oh my God! You had to wait forever just to get him to read you. But anyway, uh, and I was like, I, my mom, you know, the that, real job, like the guy, yeah. he would actually read people. Oh he could yeah, sign up and yeah, but you, the waiting list was insane. Like oh you'd gosh. have to wait six months. Would he to come get, to your house? To get in. I think you had to go, go to him. Maybe you would meet him somewhere. Whatever. I'm not sure. Terry Runnels was the first person to ever tell me about anything like that, and and I was like, oh, wow, that's I never really dreamed about. Uh, I had dreams about my mom. You know, I was nine when she passed, but there was this one occasion to where. Oh, God, I was older. I was probably, I don't know, 22, 23, uh, something like that. But then there was something. I just remember the word sky lifted. Like uh, the phone rang. I picked up the phone, and it was it was like a message from wherever the afterlife is. And it was like so-and-so Ruby, Ruby Moore Hardy has been sky lifted, so-and-so day or something. It was some weird, but I was like. Ruby's your mom? Yeah, yeah. And so, but and it was like, go step outside. And I stepped outside of our home that burnt. And uh, and I saw a shooting star, and and to me, like I still to this day get little chills when I see it. I, something about shooting stars, man, that give me hope and <laughs> and faith. I mean that, and I went out there, and it was just like everything was all right. That's the close. I've never really seen her in dreams, I don't think. And but I think about the John Edwards thing is that the people close to you, like you, you rarely see. But if you do, I, I consider that a visit for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you ever had anything like that, Ambrose? Yeah, like I think just like there's feelings of like. Uh, yeah, there's like stuff tied to the universe, man. Where like you can like, I feel like you can like feel energy and stuff. Like mm-hmm. my uh, my grandfather died, who like essentially like raised me. I knew that he did somehow. Like I knew before even before I'd gotten the news. You knew they had passed away. Some like yeah, like somehow I knew. Like during that afternoon, I was in a developmental at the time, and like when I got like I had a somehow I knew like he was. I try to explain, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that happens, and like I remember one time, like, like uh, I was with uh, I was with Renee, and like her it was like when her grandma passed, and it was like right after, and then like this song played when we were in the car that was like somehow related to her, and like she was, she started crying because she was like thought it was just felt Sign. like it was this like her grandma was like hey play this song because it was like an hour after right. she got the news, this stuff like that happens, man. I had a dream. First time, the first time I ever had a close friend die was this guy called Art Barr. He was a, he was a wrestler. He was oh, called yeah. Love Machine in yeah. Mexico. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were really close, and he passed away in '94. Uh, I was in Mexico. He, I, he was in Mexico, but he went home to Portland. I was still in Mexico. He passed away there. And about a week later, I, had, I still remember the dream very vivid. He came and, and knocked on on my door, 
and he was like, "Hey, man, I'm okay. You know, it's all good. You know, I miss you, but I'll see you. I'll see you around. You know." Oh wow! And I remember that like vividly, and it's like, "Oh, it's just a dream," and maybe it was, but it was more than that. Sure. Yeah. And then the same thing happened after Benoit passed away. Really? Later, he, he visited me too in, in a dream. Well, that's and told spooky. me kind of similar things, and you know, gave me some advice that I'll, I'll keep to myself. But it was really more than just a typical. I had a weird dream. It was like it was real. Yeah. Spooky. You know, it was yeah. real stuff. Spooky. So. Yeah, I'm re- I'm a real big believer in like everything happens for a reason, and like the universe has a plan and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because that's why I don't really worry about much. Because. <laughs> There's so many things that you thought were bad things that happened at the time, and then like it turns out, oh, well, if that hadn't happened, then this had, wouldn't happen. Yeah, story of my life. And for then, sure, yeah, and everything turn and like you meet, you meet people, and things happen, and everything just kind of you're like, damn, like the universe really does like have a plan for stuff sometimes, you mm. know. So I'm big into like karma too, you know. Like you put what you put into the into the universe, you get back out, you know. So like, right, you know, do good things for people, and you know, I don't, agree with don't that. be shitty to people because yeah, it'll come back. Sure come back on you some way like but that being said i've seen these flying fish on discovery channel or something uh, yeah because i mean not that we couldn't not saying we definitely came from fish but these fish they're like they're getting uh, chased by a shark or something and they literally they jump out of the water and they spread wings like birds and they fly like a hundred meters to get away from this predator and they're they're like half fish half birds where do they live? Like in the ocean. They, they're like flying. They're species of something? No, like apparently they've been around. Like I've heard of flying fish, but I didn't realize like they really fly. Like they get right out of the water and like, <laughs> like seagulls. And I'm like, man, evolution is crazy that at some point this fish was like, God, I keep getting eaten by this shark. We got to. Let's grow wings and fly wow. out. Of you. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> but that's that's what I mean. But there's a lot of that sort of stuff. And I think even just kind of to wrap up this part of the discussion, I think a lot of times people are very not just close minded but egotistical to believe that okay, this is the only planet that has people on it, has living you know intelligent life forms, and that when you die, nothing happens, and that you know there's no such thing as ghosts and there's no such thing as weird creatures that we've never discovered. I find that so arrogant and so like so stupid. How could you think that with this giant galaxy that we live in with all yeah. these different spiritual yeah, That's levels? no fun either, man. Right. Not at all. Yeah. I want to find a freaking Bigfoot, man. I want that thing to exist because that's fun. That's yeah. way, yeah. way more fun. Anytime there's a Bigfoot sighting, we always send the pictures to each other. Oh, that's and great. And it's usually yeah. like, you know, there's some cre- that one in Russia that I sent you. That was pretty creepy where that oh, weird yeah, thing that walked across one. the snowy road. And then there's other ones like a, some Photoshop guy halfway in the river in Florida. It's oh, like, yeah. On, man. <laughs> you know? Have you ever heard any tales of those type of things up in North Carolina? No, no, no Sasquatches. No one you know has ever seen it? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not, it. No, no Gilbert never like saw no, no, no tales? He hasn't, no. If he did, he probably shot it or something. Like he <laughs> didn't even say, ah, oh, it's a damn big-ass bear. Must, uh, you must have a lot of space up there, huh? Yeah, we grew up farming tobacco, so we, we were on like between 90 and 100 acres. And so it's it's very cool, man, to, to have that land. You know, I got my motocross track uh which is kind of obsolete now because i have not <laughs> i'm told i can't ride or shouldn't ride you oh know, yeah you didn't know you motocross yeah i love motocross my favorite sport of all time um he's nuts too dude he does all the tricks and hang on with his hands with his feet in the yeah air. i've seen seen like a clip or two of that yeah i've never dude that's one thing about the uh, freestyle motocross world is just incredible man talking about taking things to the next level i just real quick that josh sheenan did a triple backflip at travis pastrana's uh compound and i was like no no that's not possible travis did one at the x games years ago a double backflip and i was like there's no way a triple backflip is possible there's no way 
But I heard this and I went and YouTubed it. And uh, damn it, Josh Sheenan at Travis's house, it was like the ramp was 30 feet tall. He went uh, 100 feet in there. If you haven't seen it, Josh Sheenan triple backflip. He does three backflips. While he's on the bike. Yes. I mean, he goes about 100 feet in the air and, and lands it. And, and the rush after that, and he, he said he probably, you know, he never wants to do it again. Because I'm sure he was he would have died, you know, or could have died. Did you ever but, try a single backflip? No, no. I've never really even done the Supermans, you know. I've just been a, a big jump type of guy. Like when I broke my leg, it was 100 foot triple real sketchy that i'd build and i'd done two other scary jumps but the months prior but then that last one's the one that got me man but i had to i had to do it i had to see if i could make it so tell, so tell us what you were trying to do i was trying there's there's a double it was a double for the longest time but then i get this idea man that's a good launch so i can probably go another 30 40 feet uh, if i hit it fast and so i built another landing which is called a triple jump so you can either double it or triple it or roll over the first and double the second two and so I just, uh, it was driving me crazy. I just had to find out. And man, I, I came up short. And all I remember is just seeing that I wasn't going to make it. And it was just like, you cased it. I cased it. Bam. Basically, my leg just front tire in, in the dirt. It's like, uh, you know, that's the landing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hit the back feet. end of it. Yeah, 100 feet. And it was like I was flying. I think it was third gear wide open or something. And man, oh my gosh. I just. I thought I'd broke both my legs at first, and my buddy was filming. He's like, oh, man, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right, man. Just, just, just chill out. Just chill out. I said, no, I, I can't get out. I think my legs are broke. Because <laughs> oh, I was man. freaking out. But then when they finally got my boot, I said, you got to call 911 and call Dixie because we had just won the tag team championships, and I was the Omega champion. And it, But I was riding so good until that point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just for the first time in my life, I couldn't get up. And when they got that boot off, I tried to raise, and that bone tried to poke up. And I said, okay, there's the, there's oh, the injury. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I but, crashed. Uh, I crashed but, my bike. I'm oh, sorry. I crashed my mountain bike like a week before Mania, but it was not a hundred feet. Oh no! How did you crash but, yours? Just trying to get down the hill, man. You're actually <laughs> mountain biking, like going through yeah. the hills and stuff, right? Yeah, but it was like this kind of you do the, like rolling like, up and down, and you know more technical stuff and tricks but it was just this really straight downhill and i just hit a rock or picked a bad line or something and went flying like six or seven feet over the handlebars and like did like a ninja roll like back like right back up to my feet and i'm like doing the check like (laughs) can i breathe i'm okay everything good okay (laughs) okay but i'm like damn it because now what you have to do is you have to immediately get back on Get back and, on the and you got to do it before you even think about it because you can't if you hesitate then you'll never have any fun doing anything ever again you got to like right. you got to get get over it immediately so i'm like god damn it this isn't a good idea it's a week before mania but now i got to do it again right just yeah. to make sure get it, yeah, yeah. Get it, it is weird though like i do a lot of snowboarding every every year i go a couple times and dude i used to be like i, I watched some videos in my early 20s i would take like you i'd take any jump triple black diamond i don't give a shit now i stick to the greens and the blues because i don't want to fall i don't want to take any chance of breaking anything you know it's like i'm right. i pulled back you never have jeff he's still exactly the same guy as you were 15 right, years right, ago. right 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 yeah. yeah and that doing that jump that day i was like and i was at that but i still I, I am kind of like that in the ring i'm like i'm not gonna hesitate if I, i'm gonna do something that scares me at wrestlemania like which is the 14 foot ladder just to just to have that feeling and because uh, i don't want to hesitate and then get hurt on something stupid or little mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I watched some Red Bull TV and mountain biking yesterday. It was this downhill thing. It was the GoPro. And, man, he was just flipping and hitting these huge launches. And it was like the run downhill or something. But it was incredible. Mm. Uh, and even with the snowboarding, I saw some of these jumps they're making these days are just so huge. They're crazy. It's insane looking how massive this stuff is. Uh, but, yeah, it's nuts. But back to things happening for a reason. When I did break my leg, 
it's kind of cool because that's how all the broken stuff uh, how broken maps happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, maybe there is some truth to sure, that. Sure, sure. You know, kind of feel in my life, it it feels like it. I love the uh, brother Nero too. Your shoot real middle name is Nero. Oh yeah, yeah that's, that's like great, the coolest man. name, like the Roman. It Emperor, is cool, right? yeah. And he's dope, the, yeah. It's a dope name. It is, it's man. Dope. How did, is this, did your parents? <laughs> my uh, uncle, I got it from my dad's older brother. He was Nero Wilson Hardy, I think. And uh, I was named, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm glad I was named uh, after him for sure. And um, and Nero, yeah, he was the emperor that started attacking the Christians or something, right? Or, yeah, he was, he was yeah, yeah, bad, uh, bad dude. I, uh, like I'm not heel. sure. I don't know. <laughs> I think is that when, 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 when Rome started burning or something, wasn't Nero... Yeah, the fiddler, the fiddler that played the fiddle. Like that's that? all I, I yeah, know yeah, about yeah, him, basically. Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, something along those lines. But yeah, it's cool to hear people chant even here. So hopefully, one of these days, I'll get to uh, emerge as brother Nero. As the brother, I'd be brother Keith. Yeah. Brother Keith, that's pretty smooth. <laughs> oh, I don't know. What's your middle name? Oh, uh, David. Brother David. Brother David. Yeah. And brother Keith. Brother David and brother Keith don't have the same rank. <laughs> not, not nearly as cool. Oh man. Those are two nerd brothers, David yeah, and Keith. Losers in the back. Hey Nero, can we hang with you? <laughs> so Jeff, just as, as we start winding down here, how was it for you um, coming back to the WWE? I mean, it's been ten years. No, it's for me seven. I left seven in 09, okay, I think right. seven. seven. Yeah, right. Seven. Uh, it was one of those things that was inevitable. I think I, when I did JR's uh, podcast live at like the House of Blues back at a couple of WrestleCons ago, that was the big question. Are you ever going to return? And then, then I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's it's inevitable. I'm not sure how it's going to come about, but I, I always knew it, mm-hmm. you know, deep down. Like now I kind of know what that extended family means. Even back in that, I remember, you know, they said, oh, yeah, you know, we want you to be a part of the extended family. So, uh, yeah, just, I mean, it was, it was uh, inevitable and uh, it meant to be. In some weird way, and just how it all happened was the perfect story mm-hmm. to the from the expedition of gold to becoming the WWE tag team champions. I mean, there was no, it was the perfect story. They kept it a good secret, too. I didn't, I didn't hear anything about it from anybody, you know? yeah. I, I, I kind of had heard rumblings and stuff, but I had no idea that you guys would be actually at Mania. Tell us about that. Where were you hiding? What was the deal? It was, you know, we did everything leading up to. WrestleMania Day, even the signing beforehand for like five hours at some. Uh, it was the broken tailgate party they labeled it, and uh, and every day of WrestleMania. Oh yeah, you yeah, did a five so, hour signing before yeah, the show. Everything I made it work. Do that, man. Oh man, it was nuts. But then Friday night, you know, Friday we did the long signing and pictures and all that, and Saturday with Ring of Honor because we did. Uh, WrestleCon Friday nights, Ring of Honor Saturday night, and then and that ladder match with the Young Bucks was insane. You know, I, I think I went. How did you through, like working with those guys? Oh, love it, love it. They're they're they're. Uh, I mean, so ahead of their time. Have it's you just, worked with them at all, Dean, with the Young Bucks? Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, uh, once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're cool. They're, they're good. Very acrobatic and creative, and yeah, man. I think I mean I, I'm pretty sure. I, I know I went through two tables and we broke about eight. All together, and I took at least this was Saturday uh, night before Mania. Yeah, so I took at least two, two ladder matches in a row. Yeah, oh, and this one was right. like a thirty minute. It was pretty intense, man. Those it was guys, a Ring of Honor ladder match. Yeah, yeah, they go off, man. And I, I didn't have no hardly no offense. I don't think at all. I was just taking super kicks and going through tables and Meltzer drivers and Meltzer drivers. Yeah, <laughs> and we brought the uh, the seesaw spot. We just saw Christian uh, this past uh, yesterday, no, the day before yesterday. Um, at Tommy Dreamer show, okay, and um, it was cool to you know reconnect with him. Sure. He's a great guy, same as hilarious, always. super oh, yeah. sarcastic for sure. Rarely but we, we brought, yeah, we brought the seesaw spot back, and he basically uh, we went into it uh, a, a different way. Where I took a super kick, we do this up and over spot, super kick. It's awesome. I'm down, feed over to the uh, seesaw. 
Nick just springs over and does the uh, Xbox gimmick, you know, where he just sits down and yeah. but he throws the ladder down and whoo, it knocks me crazy. Did it catch you? No, no, I, I protect myself. You got to be careful Not, with that, man. I lost two teeth with that. Yeah, it's dang, like Joey Mercury. Yeah, Joey yeah, Mercury was, had a bad experience. Oh, you remember oh the Mercury face thing is the worst. Yeah. I remember he filleted his face, basically. Ooh, yeah. Right? yeah, blood was everywhere. That's on that seesaw spot. Yeah, for sure, man. But yeah, I got my hands up there, and it was... Right, but yeah, all that, the whole month of March, basically, um, you know, because we knew after our contracts expired with uh, that other world, um, basically, we, we knew we'd already, you know, been through all the, the, the deal we had to be th- go through, and uh, we just had to keep it a secret, you know, and that was so hard. Like that day of WrestleMania, I was just lying like crazy. Well, we go see you tonight. Now nah, I'm getting on the first flight out of here to Reynolds, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Man, even like uh, interviews Friday, Saturday before, like with these people, like I was, I even said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna be in Ring of Honor through the summer. I'm gonna talk to talk to them about doing my, a rock show with them." You know, I was just saying all kinds of crazy shit. shit out there, right? yeah. And uh, but yeah, and just but you know, it's kind of like a good surprise birthday party is the way I look at it. You know, sometimes it's okay to lie in the, in that yeah, manner. Yeah, yeah, but it was a huge reaction. I was oh, watching yeah, with Samoa yeah. Joe. We were out in the crowd just because we wanted to hear it, and it was crazy. Yeah. When they played your old ass music. Old ass music, yeah. Oh, how dope is that music, too? Oh, my gosh. I, I love, I love that music. music. Yeah. Your reaction was like, what did you say? That old ass music. I can't believe we had to go out to that old ass music, but I, I get it. And oh, you're I, probably sick of it by now because you had to listen to it for 20 years. Oh, my God. And plus, I've seen like it one on. That's best songs, though, dude. And on Ghost Hunters, I've seen it. I've seen it on all these other kind of shows. You know, What do you call that music? You know, you can just use. Wow, wow. Downstairs yeah. music. Dude. I think it's it's uh, they use it as uh, bed music, maybe or bumper music. Yeah, I've heard on a lot of different yeah. things, but they still work because it kind of originated with us. I guess. See, for you guys, you're thinking, okay, it's the old music. For people here, like even me and Ambrose, were like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard this. It is so great, long. exactly. It's you're exciting. Back. It's like when you hear, you know, Sexy Boy, or you hear like Kurt Angle's theme. Like yeah. when you see it in yeah. the arena live, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah, music's yeah. a big deal, man. It's some, it's important. It oh, really sure, is. Yeah. You yeah. have to have the right song you know and yeah. i understand you saying that jeff because you haven't come out to it for so long right but yeah but i get it i'm not totally sure. getting it. and watching it back it was perfect i mean yeah, yeah. seeing the symbol yeah. and i mean it was great new uh, day coming out there was it was great i don't know if you would agree so i'll, I'll ask you but would you think that because you guys had all the success doing the uh you know killing each other on the farm and all that but i think ultimately you think like the people they don't want to see the Hardy Boys fight. They like the Hardy Boys together. I think so, yeah. Because there's some, some things like that where, like... You know, I agree. Yeah, you wouldn't want to see yeah. Ricky and Robert fighting. Yeah. It just right. would feel weird, you know? Yeah, for sure. And that it, happened when you guys did work each other in WWE. I remember it never really... Not that it didn't get over, but it was never the same, like... The reactions were never, like... <sighs> yeah, because the bottom line is people really don't want to see that. I mean, it's cool for us, like, Brett and Owen wrestling each other. Usually right. we love that. And actually for us to get to do that at Mania, you know, back in the day, that was it was awesome. But yeah, that's the bottom line. Is people really would rather see us together mm-hmm. instead of you know. Talking uh, about music, did you have any in- input in your music, Ambrose, when you came to the WWE? No, we. Uh, I think I scanned through a few different ones, like when I was in developmental, and picked one or two. But when we did like the Shield, they were we just told them kind of what we were thinking, mm-hmm. and uh, what's his face guy wrote something. And then we did the uh, what's his face guy? You know, Jim Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Is that guy? And then we did like the voiceovers for it with the Sierra Hotel, which was pretty cool. Alpha, Beta, Omega. And then uh, when I got the music I have now, I just was in the ring one day. I was beating somebody up or running somebody off, and then they played this music, and I'd never heard it before. And I went, "Do I have new music now? What the hell? (laughs) I guess I do." (laughs) And 
I don't know. I think it, I like it. It's good. Yeah, yeah it's right. like yeah. it's got a good first like four seconds, and that's the most important yeah, part. People know. Yeah, sure. sure. They hear that. The yeah. breaking glass. The oh, yeah, yeah. Break the walls down. You know, if you if you smell what the rock is cooking, that sets the tone for the entire rest of the song. Oh yeah. How's it feel being back on Raw? It's a little weird. It was, mm-hmm. I'm very getting used to SmackDown, man. Like mm-hmm. uh, I did not expect. Uh, to be switched i'd heard there were going to be some people switched and i was like that's not going to be me i was in utah i was telling you i was hiking in utah and when uh, i was going to be there till like sunday or whatever and i got called and had to f- leave and fly in early to do what i was like just i was like nowhere yeah i was like i'm going around no way like i thought i was just smackdown guy i didn't know and it really yeah. is like two separate companies like it's like i haven't seen you i mean we worked gosh every day for three months yeah i haven't seen you in like six months or Miz or AJ, same thing. It's just, yeah. It really is like, dude, how are you? I was like, pretty. Uh, I was pretty happy with uh, with what we were able to do on SmackDown. It was like one of the best, most fun runs of of my career because mm-hmm. it was like it's essentially a new show because now it's live on Tuesdays, so it's a new show and a new. Even though it's still SmackDown, it's like a new thing, mm-hmm. and it was live and it was kind of a new roster. So like, we started doing house shows on Mondays and we built it from like. We literally have seen the houses rise every night, you know, like and, and the ratings too. Yeah, I guess so. Like, we kind of built it into something that was cool, and I think everybody over there had took like an ownership in it. Mm-hmm. I know I did. I was like, it. yeah, like you know, blue team. Yeah, yeah all right, yeah. cool. So, you know, let's move on to the next uh, next chapter in the book, you know. But it was a good, uh, it was a good, good run. I got one last question for both of you, Dean. Tell me about the uh, when we did the angle where you where you tore up my jacket. Oh, I tore that thing up. <laughs> It was fun, though, because I remember, uh, so I had the lighted jacket, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I noticed these kids in the crowd would have them. So where are they getting them? So they were getting them from this company in India, and they cost 500 bucks. The real jacket costs about 10 grand, although I say 15 grand, but it just costs a good chunk of change. Right, right. So I bought one, and I just kept it in my house. Like, someday, someone will rip this up. And I was supposed to work with Us, with uh, Roman, and then that got switched to you and I. I was like, oh, it's even better for... Ambrose to rip the jacket yeah. so I pitched it to Vince and he was like oh it's great it's great it's great so then we actually go and do it and, and tell us a little bit you had to walk out in the dark or what did you have to do um, what did we do uh, your music hit and I came out with the jacket and it was, I, did the, I just did the Jericho entrance yeah but you were already out there and saw me something like that but it was kind of cool because I got to like do the full Jericho entrance yeah. and everybody thought I was Jericho so it was like oh cool like and they wanted you like, yeah, it's, like it's like going to Chris Jericho fan camp yeah, <laughs> yeah. be Chris Fantasy Jericho camp. for a day yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that's pretty wanted, cool wanted him to do cartwheels down the apron down the down the uh, down the rampway in the jackets is just to show because the jackets lit. Oh wow! Have like, yeah. him do cartwheels, but we were scared because the jacket was like kind of turning off and all. Oh, it was very yeah, it was very very rigged, cheap, very cheap rigged uh, together. Yeah, so I was like, I'm a, I don't even know if I can do cartwheels. Cartwheels, <laughs> bad idea. Oh but, man, yeah, it was cool. I like I thought it was funny before. Uh, before I even did it, I was just thinking of I was just thinking of you just yelling, "You owe me twenty thousand dollars, Ambrose! You owe me twenty thousand dollars!" And for some reason, that just cracks me up. You love that? <laughs> I love it. I was like, the, we have to do it now. You, you love know. the drink it in, man. Oh yeah. The sixty nine tax. We did a lot of shit, man. We did a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're gonna be on house shows. You crack like it's so hard. You crack me up so much. Sixty nine texts. <laughs> Faces we, we, all we this, scrunched this, up, and yelling this at Ambrose me. Ambrose Asylum oh. match is like a cage match. All these gimmicks and stuff hanging from it. And Ambrose was wanted to do 
thumbtacks, right? Yep. And you pitch it to Vince and pitch it to Vince, and finally he approved it. And finally I went to his office and would not leave until he just agreed. Until he agreed. I was, he can't be like, no. I'd be like, come on. So he's, No, come on. No, come on. How did you finally convince him? I literally just wouldn't leave. I just kept going, come on. And I was like, it's, I was like they're, they're safe. They're stupid. I was like, Vince, these marks, they're stupid. They love them. <laughs> Guys like me and you, we're smart. We know it's safe. Well, you're right and fi- finally, he was just oh. sick of me being in his office. He was just like, Jericho, okay with it? I'm like, yeah, it loves it. His idea. Fine. You know, it was like, <laughs> so, so then I'm thinking like, okay, well, listen, dude, you want to go on the thumbtacks? Do it. You'll go for it, man. Good on you. And then when he, he gets the, the approval... The finish of the match is him going over, and then I'm like, "Well, he can't go in the thumbtacks and win. The thumbtacks has to be the worst thing. You, like you get thrown in thumbtacks, you're done." Right. So then I realized, "Holy shit, I have to take the bump in the thumbtacks. Oh, it's the only God. way. Yeah. It's the only way." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is just ridiculous." Yeah, I really but, screwed you over there, didn't I? Yeah. Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> but it was one of the things I'd never taken a bump in the thumbtacks. Never have. Never do it again. Really? Wow. But I'm glad I did. It was, it was actually, it was pretty scary, the thought of it, more than actually taking it. it was yeah, like they're, no, they're nothing. It, was, it wasn't, I mean, yeah. it, it, it hurts, but it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. But the thought of it, like when you had me, I went for the code breaker and you caught me, you're going to slam me down. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, are you going to jump into a cold lake? And as soon as you right, jump yeah. in, it's like, ah! You yeah, know, we don't get to have those uh, those moments as much. I love those like, that feeling right before you're about to do something really yes. dangerous. Like, you don't have that as much in WWE because everything's very safe. Even when we do the stunts a lot of times. If it's not something that's, like, super high, you know, you don't get that, like, feeling of, like, oh, God, this is really going to yeah, hurt. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is an addictive feeling, even though sure, yeah. getting hurt sucks. But it's, right. you know what I mean? Right. When like you got that too, Jeff. I mean, you said that earlier at WrestleMania, you had to do the one moment where it was, like, breathtaking, possibly dangerous. You know, you still get you Oh, know, for sure. There's a, a very – from that. Yeah, there's a huge difference between, like, chemical dependency, addiction, and then there's pro wrestling addiction. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> because as Matt has tripped me out with his uh, – you know, basically he – at one point controlled my addiction of being my spot monkey syndrome basically <laughs> because deep down i am kind of a spot monkey i i really don't even know how to wrestle i just do stunts you know <laughs> but yeah spot monkey oh man but yeah the way he says you uh, indulge in your addiction sometimes he would let me and sometimes he wouldn't but yeah <laughs> big difference when, uh, when you work you uh work with claudio last week that was like one of the first times i've seen like especially on raw like everybody was around the, the monitor in the mm-hmm. locker room. Like everybody was oh, like, wow. "Oh man, yeah, Jeff, we were excited Jeff to see Cesaro, that. I want to see this." And I was like, "I, I stuck around. I was like, I kind of want to see this. I was done." Yeah, he's intimidating, man. He's like a freakishly athletic dude. And just I'm like, just working with him on the house and then the singles matches. Oh yeah, man. doesn't You're, it piss you off? You're just like, yeah, you're so exact running up the ropes. We even the look. same species, oh, right? Well, yeah. And even we were in China, and uh, there's a ping pong table, and he gets a ping pong. He's like the best ping pong player. He's like the best yeah. athlete in anything. He can jump, he can run, he can swim, he can do springboards, he can play ping pong. I was like, yeah. oh, I hate you. He's got Son one of those bitch. specially designed, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe one of those alien hybrids. <laughs> we're talking about earlier. Yeah. Jeff, just uh, lay it on me. I know you got a pair of Cesaro's a reptilian. <laughs> yeah. Reptilian. Wash your eyes. I knew we were going to come up with something. <laughs> See, that's what it was. There we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's gelling. 
It's gelling. Oh, Tell gosh. us about Paroxygen. Uh, after all these years of, of, of being in the band and kind of dabbling in it, now you guys have a record coming out. Yeah, for sure. Procession of the Equinoxes will be out end of May. I just finished typing up all the lyrics all strange on my phone. Normally I would write the lyrics with, with my uh, handwriting and do all these little sketches, but it takes so long to do it real neat. You know, so I just, this time I typed it on my on my phone and just sent them off so yeah we're real close and uh there's 14 tracks it's the longest album i've ever done you know and it opens with a spoken word very afterlife-ish you know type of deal and then uh, ends with a very kind of dark uh, spoken word so it opens with spoken ends with spoken mm. and and the in-between is like from everything i mean it's a roller coaster of emotion i mean from uh from uh dark and then light and it's got, it's got a little bit of everything and i'm extremely proud of it it took a while for this one um but yes yeah, our third band album and uh i just can't wait for it to get out there and know to be kind of tunes is it abstract rock Doors. i can see uh, ab- yeah it's very alternative you know mm. basically my biggest influence is you know uh, pearl jam tool uh mats and Stone Temple Pilots, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's very modified. I think I've kind of found my way. I'm still trying to control that voice a little better because, you know, I did my first uh, live show um, last March and outside of Nashville, and it went good. I blew my voice out the Friday before. <laughs> I think I told you about this, mm-hmm. and, and I respect you guys so much how you tour and, like, keep your voice healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now I know what not to do, and that's just rehearsed, uh, you know, not rehearsed too hard. But anyway... I was way comfortable on stage, which made me feel great. I was like, I was way more comfortable than I would be cut a wrestling promo. Oh, it just wow. felt that natural. Yeah. So that excited me. So hopefully there's a lot more to come uh, after this album gets out. And uh, Want to do some more touring, you mean? Oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just a show here and there, you know, mm-hmm. basically. I want to hear it. I bet it's trippy music, huh? It is, man. Yeah, it's like, trippy. I don't know if it's... Nine Inch Nails, kind of? Yeah. Oh, Nine Inch Nails, a huge influence. Uh, love Trent Reznor, man. Um, That's kind of what I pictured. If I was oh, picturing. for sure. Yeah, and then... Um, my producer's son is into that EDM electronic music, and then there's some of that thrown in there too, like with some of the rock, and uh, it just it, it's it's got a unique sound. I think it's very different. So yes, yeah, our third one, and, and hopefully it's our best one yet, and mm-hmm. it'll be available at jeffhardybrand.com dot com we'll, we'll uh, soon. It comes out for sure. Yeah, for sure. Y Gen. I was the Rock Y Gen. We're jamming on the uh, jamming on the Babyface bus. Yeah, yeah. there we go. You're yeah, for sure. Yeah. See, now you guys are friends now. You can yeah. sit on the back of the bus with each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What does peroxide mean? What does what, what it, it mean? Well, I don't know. I don't think it really means anything. I just uh, okay, here's what it means. It's kind of like pure oxygen. It's just spelled uh, differently because I was looking at a peroxide. I'll never forget I was on the toilet again, not hearing in conversation. But I saw a peroxide bottle. I said, oh, that's something cool about peroxide, peroxide, that word. And it cleans wounds and, and everything. And uh, perox oxygen uh, perox y gen perox what if i took that letter in oxygen and and did the word y instead of the letter y so that's basically where it came from and then throwing a question mark as to who knows classic jeff hardy yeah for sure yeah for sure yeah me and darwin man we're on the same page (laughs) (laughs) even in his afterlife you ever been in a band ambrose no 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 not even in the back then when you're a kid tambourine no i think in like third grade i tried to play one of them percussion things and just kind of i've i don't have the attention span for like i don't have the rhythm like i can't figure it out you know? I'm, yeah it's, it's brutal you, just, you, can you play the guitar yeah oh, guitar cool. bass drums oh, basic cool, rhythms cool. of them but nothing great but i can i can hammer out demos if i have to yeah same issue with me i feel so uncoordinated man i, mean, I can play yeah. a few chords but i can never like play the whole song and, and sing at the same time it's just I just need to stick with it yeah, more. Yeah, stick with the yeah, singing. Yeah. You, got, you, you got the vibe, too. So. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I'll stand by the stage and just... Yeah. 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 There's no karaoke <laughs> deals on the network these days? I mean... They should. Yeah. They should do a karaoke show on the network. Yeah, a lot of people love that, man. Yeah. And this, 
Well, there you go, dudes. We got to meet to you, Jeff Hardy, Dean Ambrose, first time ever. I think now we have to go do some kind of stupid meeting about apps for our phone or something. Oh, great. Another app. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the world needs that. Okay. Yeah. Too many. Thanks, boys. Cool. Thank, Thank you. you, dude. All right, so Jeff Hardy's band Parox Y Jin has a new album coming out July 17th. The album is called Procession of the Equinoxes, classic Jeff Hardy uh, use of verbiage, and you will be able to get it at jeffhardybrand.com, jeffhardybrand.com, and I think you're going to dig it. In fact, we're going to play the first single for you right now, the world premiere of Parox Y Jin's new single. This is called Revived. We'll love our club and poetry up in motion We'll know the stars and everything that we've lived for We'll save the day and find the journey to explore We'll die in time when the time is right Until then we'll live a hell of a life We'll live fearless until the time feels wrong Until then we're gonna carry on Like we've never lived before Fight the hate we must endure Like we've been reborn again Searching for the unique blend To resolve when times are down I will always be around Knowing you are by my side For when I need to be revived We'll fly around and become one with peacefulness We'll live off love and Spread to reminisce We'll know the world and everything that we wished for We'll save ourselves and we do memories since born We'll die in time when the time is right Until then we'll live a hell of a life We'll live fearless until the time feels wrong Until then we're gonna carry on Like we've never lived before Fight the hate we must endure Like we've been reborn again Searching for the unique blend To resolve when times are down I will always be around Knowing you are by my side For when I need to be Down. 
like that song. At first, I didn't know what direction it was going, but I texted Jeff right after. That's a really cool song. And uh, congratulations to Paroxygen. I'm looking forward to getting the album. JeffHardyBrand.com. You can get it uh, July 17th. It's called Procession of the Equinoxes. That was revived. So get ready for Paroxygen. Maybe there should be a Fozzie Paroxygen uh, tour. That might be cool. JeffHardyBrand.com for all information on Paroxygen and all things Jeff Hardy. Great guy. Thanks to Jeff and thanks to Dean Ambrose. What an awesome experiment this was today. I'm really glad that we did it. Very good guys, close friends, great workers. Uh, very, very cool. But before we wrap things up, we got to hear this week's important headlines according to Team Tiger Awesome. This is the news with Team Tiger Awesome. In Vegas news, a man is suing Planet Hollywood Hotel and Casino, claiming he was injured scampering away after being surprised by a mannequin in his room. Named as co-defendants in the lawsuit along with the hotel is darkness itself and the concept of danger. A giant luxury car dispensing vending machine has been built in Singapore. Customers can buy fly whips from the machine, such as classic Ferraris and newer Ferraris, while the objects that truly fill an emotional void like love and respect are still sold in a separate Singapore vending machine. And now, a check on the nickname markets. Lillen opened the day just behind Big Mac. Sprucey Brucey held steady. Spanky soared. Bob Zombie surged. Pork chop dipped. And derp, 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 derp hit a surprising all-time high. For more unfortunately useful news, listen to the Team Tiger Awesome show every Sunday on the Jericho Network on Podcast One. Who needs fake news when you can get Team Tiger Awesome's fake news every Sunday on the Team Tiger Awesome show, the podcast? Go subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave them a five-star rating and review. Leave all the Jericho Network podcast five-star ratings and reviews. They're all doing a great job. All of them killing the town with Storm and Cyrus, really coming together. Great intellectual conversations about uh, all things psychological wrestling. They have great stories about touring India this week. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Uh, wow, what a great conversation he had with Bruce Kulik about uh, revenge. Revenge 25. Another one this week with John Karabi, the guy who replaced Vince Neil and Motley Crue and that was unceremoniously dumped. Great stories about that. Uh, um, John is currently with the Dead Daisies. Uh, the Raven Effect. Raven telling, uh, taking a trip down memory lane, telling his history, his origin. Portland Championship Wrestling. Florida Championship Wrestling. Memphis. Go check that out for some great stories with Raven. He's off his rocker, but he's a lot of fun. And then my favorite, uh, Keeping It 100 with Conan. Uh, a magazine, a, a cornucopia, a uh, cacophony of just ridiculous guests and commentary i love this show continue to support it and of course beyond the darkness five days a week what a, what a great uh, combination of paranormal scary guests and speaking of beyond the darkness their new podcast true crime tuesday is out now every tuesday but you can only get it by signing up at patreon.com that's five bucks a month but you'll get a new episode every tuesday and all of the episodes are ad free no commercials at all so get to patreon.com get in on true crime tuesdays for just five bucks a month okay and one last big thank you to this episode's tremendous sponsors and to all of you for supporting them talking about ddp yoga go to ddpyoga.com slash jericho to get 20 percent off all ddp yoga now uh, merch and the DDP Yoga Now app, 20% off ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. True Car, go check that out to get a cheaper car buying experience. It's quicker, it's better. Geico, you'll save money on insurance. So many other great sponsors, but thank you for listening. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next and next Wednesday. Wow, this one is uh, is legendary. I'm talking one-on-one with the legendary Bruno Sammartino. Okay, you're talking about the biggest stars in WWE history. You got The Rock and Steve Austin. You got John Cena. You got Hulk Hogan. But predating all of them, 
the, 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 the pioneer, the, the guy who set the tone, Bruno Sammartino. And he would only do this podcast if I met him in his, in his favorite Italian restaurant in Pittsburgh. So that's where we did it. Emanates from uh, this amazing Italian restaurant. Bruno Sammartino, he's going to be here. Wow, what a legend. You guys are going to love this conversation from one of the true greats of the sport for over 50 years. So we'll see you on Wednesday. In the meantime, and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah!